Lord, uh, help this to be a time that would be productive. Help this to be a time that we could learn from your word. Help this to be a time that we would uh, leave, Lord, understanding more of the Bible, understanding more of this passage, Lord, that we could apply to our lives. We love you, Father. In your precious name I pray. Amen. All right, well, we're there in Matthew chapter number 6. We've been uh, studying through the book of Matthew on Wednesday night. And uh, tonight we begin... Matthew chapter number 6. Now, if you remember, uh, we talked about the last few weeks, when, when we started the book of Matthew, we got into Matthew chapter 5, we talked about the fact that Matthew's chapter 5, 6, and 7 are what is known as the Sermon of the Mount. And these three chapters are actually uh, a sermon that Jesus gave. This is, and we're reading just a transcript from the preaching that Jesus Christ gave. And we spent a few weeks in, in Matthew chapter 5 because there's just so much truth in the, the sermon that Jesus gave there. And in Matthew 6, we're probably going to spend another uh, few weeks. And I'm sure in Matthew 7, we'll spend another few weeks because when you're studying what Jesus taught, there's a lot to study. You, you know what I mean? Uh, once we get out of the Sermon on the Mount, we get into the stories of the book of Matthew again. We might pick up the pace a little bit. But tonight, uh, we're going to be looking at the first part of, of the passage, and, and there, there's, there's two, really three parts to, to Matthew chapter 6. There's a first part that deals with the subject of the alms, the prayers, and the fastings. In that, there's, the Lord's, there's what's commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. It's not really the Lord's Prayer. It's really the disciples' prayer. It's Jesus Christ teaching us how to pray. But we have the Lord's Prayer. We're going to deal with that next week. We're going to give that its own sermon. And then uh, after that, we'll deal with the latter part of this passage that deals with finances there and, and not having the cares of this world and trusting, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and those issues. But tonight I want to deal with just that first part. And I don't want to be very long. We don't have to be very long. Uh, if you look at verse number 1, I just want to give you a few things to, to consider from this, a few things to look at. Look at Matthew chapter 6, look at verse number 1. I want you to see verse 1. The Bible says, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men, To be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do, in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Now, before we get any further, let me just explain to you what an alm is. The Bible says there, take heed that ye do not your alms before men. I'm not going to take the time to, to develop it tonight because I don't want to go through and take the time to show you the references to the to the word alms there. But you got to understand, alms, if you study it out in scripture, every time you find the word alms in the Bible, alms are something uh, as either money or food that is given freely to relieve the poor. Alms is the same as our modern use. The word that you and I today would use is charity. That's what the Bible word alms is. Okay, And you've got to understand, the Bible talks about three different types of giving. And we're going to deal with this in a, in a few weeks when we deal with the latter part of Matthew chapter 6 because it deals with finances. But the Bible talks about tithing. The Bible talks about your offerings that you give above your tithe. And the Bible talks about alms. And all three are things that are expected of Christians to do. God expects you to tithe. And God expects you to give an offering above the tithe. And God expects you to give alms. Now, let me just, because I don't like to make statements and not prove them from the Bible. So just real quickly, go to Malachi 
last book of the uh, Old Testament, just so I can show you a text verse. It is Bible study night. That way you don't think, you know, Pastor Jimenez is just saying things and isn't proving it from the Word of God, okay? Malachi chapter number uh, 3, look at verse number 8, okay? I just want to prove this to you from Scripture. Malachi chapter number 3 and verse 8, the Bible says, Will a man rob God? And by the way, that's exactly what you're doing when you keep your tithes from the Lord. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have, ye robbed, ha, have we robbed thee? So these people, they said, well, how have we robbed you? Now notice the response that God gives. In tithes, do you see the word and there? And offerings. You know what that tells me? God expects a tithe and He expects an offering. And He says when you give a tithe, He says, and you haven't given an offering, He said, you're robbing me of the offering. Do you see that? He says, I expect a tithe and an offering. Now the truth of the matter is, most, most Christians, and, and look, if, if you're sitting here and listening to me, you're listening to this on the internet, and, and you know, you don't tithe, Pastor Jimenez doesn't hate you. The truth of the matter is, like, 75% of Christians don't tithe. 75% of Christians don't even know what the full tithe is. And one of these days we'll, we'll preach through it and I'll explain it from the Bible. But the truth is this. God expects a tithe. God expects an offering. And God expects us to give alms. Now the tithe goes to the church because you tithe to the house of God. That's throughout scripture. The offering goes to the church because you give your offerings to God through the local New Testament church. But the alms are given to individuals and it's when you see someone in need is when you see somebody, go back to Matthew chapter 6, when you see somebody in need, God expects you to be able to provide an alms or to be able to help somebody uh, financially or with groceries. It's like if someone in our church was struggling financially and you went out and you bought them groceries, that would be considered an alms. And God expects us to do that from each other. But by the way, you know why the average Christian doesn't tithe? You know why the average Christian doesn't give offerings? And you know why the average Christian doesn't, uh, doesn't give alms? It's because they're too broke. Because they're in too much debt, because they're not financially disciplined, because no one's ever actually taught them how to handle money. Uh, so anyway, that's a commercial for Sunday night. You should be here for character and finances, okay? Because you were taught from a little child that whenever you have money, you go spend it on candy. And guess what happened when you became an adult? You got money and you went to spend it on uh, adult candy, like alcohol or, uh, you know, entertainment, all right? And the Bible teaches you, look, you got to understand this, the Bible has the answer for every question. For every issue, for every problem. Um, the problem is that we don't like to heed it from time to time. But, uh, but go back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. He says, take heed that you do not your alms before men. Okay, now, he's assuming that you're going to do alms. And you should do alms from time to time. As a Christian, you should help people out. It, it is, we should love people and we should, you know, I'm not saying, you know, you got to sit there and support everybody. But from time to time, you should help people financially. You should bring them groceries. And by the way, let me say this. Here's what the average Christian does. They'll take their the money that's supposed to be their tithe and then they'll give it to someone as charity. And they think they're doing God's work. You're stealing from God. The tithe, the Bible says the tithe is the Lord's. It belongs to God. But on top of that, you should give a free will offering. That's whatever Corinthians tells us, what a man purposeth in his heart. And then besides that, you should give alms to your brethren. But that's not coming out of God's tithe. Those are three different things that God expects. Anyway, I just want to say that. Verse 1. Take heed that you do not your alms before men, to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee. Now, can you imagine this? Now, I don't know, you know, I, I take the Bible literally. Okay, And Jesus Christ here is preaching against people. I mean, look at verse 2 again. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms. Look what he says. This is what they were doing. Do not 
sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Could you imagine walking down the street, seeing a homeless person sitting there, they're hungry, and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna buy them, you know, a hamburger, and you go out, you get a hamburger for them, and you you bring them a meal. Could you imagine just like right before you give to her, just wait one second, one second, and you pull out a trumpet? Everybody, everybody, I want you to look at me. I'm going to give this homeless man a 99 cent hamburger. I mean, this is what these people are doing. I mean, are you reading what I'm reading? Look at verse 2. Therefore, when thou doest thy alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues. Jesus is saying, these people are insane. And in the streets. Now, why are they doing that? Look what it says. That they may have glory of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. Now skip down to verse 5. That's the example of the alms. Notice, you say, I don't like pastors talking about money. Okay, let's talk about prayer. You don't do that either. Look at verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street. Look what it says. That they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Here you have people that are just going to a street corner and just praying out loud. Now, you got to understand this, okay? The Bible often talks about praying publicly. Go to 1 Timothy, real quickly. Keep your finger there in, in, in Matthew. Go to 1 Timothy um, chapter number... Let's see, where do I want you? Chapter number 8. 1 Timothy... Uh, I'm sorry, good night. Chapter number 2, verse number 8. First Timothy, chapter number 2, verse number 8. First Timothy, chapter 2, verse 8. Towards the end of the New Testament, you got all those key books. First, second Timothy, uh, first, second Thessalonians, first, second Timothy, Titus. Uh, first Timothy, chapter number 2, verse 8. Look what the Bible says here. First Timothy 2, 8. The Bible says, I will therefore that the men pray everywhere. You see that? So God expects you to pray publicly, privately. He says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Now notice this, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. The liberals like to take this verse and say, see, whenever you're in the worship service, you're supposed to raise your hand and worship Jesus. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says there's one time you are to lift your hands, and it's when you are praying. That's what it says. I know the Bible messes all our doctrine up. Look at verse 8. Look what it says, though. I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubt. And you find that throughout Scripture. If you go back to the Old Testament, and you see when Solomon was was dedicating the temple, you will find that he got on his knees, and he lifted up his hands before God, and he prayed to God. All throughout the Bible, you find men lifting up their hands and praying to God. They're not lifting up their hands because they're at a rock concert. The, the picture there is that we are to lift up our hands to and cry, Abba, Father, to our Heavenly Father, in the same way that a child would lift up their hands to their dad when they are in need of their dad. The Bible says that's what you and I are supposed to do. And specifically, men here are to lift up holy hands. It says, without wrath and doubting. But God says, I will that men pray everywhere. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. Okay, so here's what you got to say. Go back to Matthew chapter uh, 6. The point is not that they're praying publicly. The problem is not that they're praying publicly. The problem is that they are praying on the street corners that they may be seen of men. Do you understand that? And by the way, let me just give you a good rule, especially, you know, for men, because men are often asked to pray publicly. A good rule for prayer is this. Short public prayers, long private prayers. 
If you're going to pray publicly, keep it short. No one, look, no one needs to see how godly you are. If you want to, if you want to prove how godly you are, spend an hour praying by yourself on your knees alone before God without anybody knowing. That's what the Bible is teaching here. So the sin is not a public prayer. The sin is the fact that they were doing it that they may be seen of men. Go down, go down to verse number 16. Look what it says. Matthew chapter number uh, 6, look at verse number 16. Matthew chapter number 6, look at verse 16. So we got the example of the alms. We got the example of the prayer. Let's look at the example of the fasting. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Matthew 6, 16. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites are, of a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Now here God teaches a principle. Look, when you know when you're fasting, no one should know it. The Bible teaches in other places that you are to anoint your face. You are to anoint your, your hair. You're, you're supposed to look like you normally. We used to have a... They don't come here anymore, so I can use this as an illustration. But we used to have a, a, a lady that would come to church. And she would come to church and she'd just be like... I mean, she would look like a mess. She'd just be like... Walking through, you'd be like, uh, "What? How are you doing? I'm, I'm fasting." You know, and then I see, I see her drinking coffee on Sunday morning. I'll be like, "I thought you were fasting. You can drink coffee while you're fasting, right, Pastor?" I'm like, no. Uh, but you're also not supposed to tell people you're fasting. And I saw you sneaking a couple donuts. You know, it's like that's, that's not how fasting works. You can't just tell people you're fasting. But here, the Bible teaches here, verse sixteen. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites are of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces. Why do they do that? Why do people walk around and say, oh, "I'm so, I'm, 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 I'm so hungry"? Why are you so hungry? Because I'm fasting. Why would you do that? That they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Okay, here's what you guys are saying. You say, what, what, is the, what is the point? What is, what is God, what is Jesus Christ trying to teach us? Look, there's nothing wrong with giving alms. There's nothing wrong with praying. There's nothing wrong with fasting. But there's something wrong with giving alms. And there is something wrong with praying. And there is something wrong with fasting. When you do it to have glory of men. When you do it to be seen of men. When you do it to appear unto men and to be looked upon uh, in, in front of men. Go, go, to, go to John chapter number 12. John chapter number 12. See, what Jesus is teaching here is this. Why you do something is as important as what you do. You say, I'm fasting. But if you're fasting so that people can know you're fasting, so you seem spiritual, then you're fasting for the wrong reason. Why you do something, why you give an alms, why you pray, why you fast is as important as if you're giving an alms, or if you're praying, or if you're fasting. Are you there in John chapter number 12? Look at verse 42. See, here's the problem with these Pharisees. John 12, 42 says, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Look at verse 43. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. That's the problem. They love the praise of men more than the praise of God. But you know what? The praise of men is empty. The praise of men is worthless. So you've got to understand this. Why you do something is as important as what you're doing. Now, what you're doing is important, but also why are you doing it? The heart of the matter. Go back to Matthew chapter 6. Okay, So we said number 1. Why you do something is as important as um, what you're doing. Number 2. Go back to Matthew chapter 6. 
Let me show you how you should do things correctly. How to do things correctly. Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 2. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, are you there in Matthew 6? Look at verse 2 again, okay? We're just going to be looking at these passages, getting some truths from here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, look what it says. Do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have the reward. Look at verse 3. But when thou doest alms, now notice, do you see that he assumes you're going to do an alms? He says, look, it doesn't say, if thou doest alms. He says, when thou doest alms. By the way, that's why you need to get your finances in order, because God expects you to give alms. God expects you to help people financially. But when thou doest alms, look what he says. Let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. Do it. He said, be so secret about it. He said, he said if, you, if you use your left hand to give somebody uh, uh, groceries, if you use your left hand to give somebody money to pay them with their bills, he said, be so secret about it, not even your right hand knows about it. Look at verse 4. That thine alms may be in secret. See, when God, the proper way to do spiritual things is to try to keep it as quiet and as secretive as possible. Because you don't want to do it for the praise of men. Look at verse number 6. Skip down to verse 6. Look at the example of prayer. We saw the example of alms. Look at the example of prayer. But thou, when thou prayest, look what he says, enter into thy closet. You ever heard the phrase before, a prayer closet? This is where we get this phrase from. Jesus is literally teaching that you ought to get up in the morning and you ought to just open up a closet in your house and just get in that closet and close the door behind you and get on your knees and pray before God where nobody's watching you. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, look what it says, which is in secret. And thy Father which sees in secret shall reward thee openly. See, you, you got to understand it. Go, 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 to, go to verse 17. Verse 17, Matthew 6, 17. Let's look at the example of fasting. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face. Do you see that? You know, comb your hair, put gel in your hair, wash your face. Don't, don't go around just looking like a big mess. Verse 18. That thou appear not unto men to fast. He said, you shouldn't look like you're fasting. Why? But unto thy Father which is in secret. He said, fast secretly. And thy Father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. Here's what you got to understand, okay? The problem with doing it secretly is that prayer... See, to pray secretly and nobody knows it, to fast secretly and nobody knows it requires faith. You know why? Because if I spend 24-hour period not eating... And nobody knows it except my wife, because obviously I've got to tell my wife, because she's going to serve me food and think I'm rude for not eating it, you know. But, you know, if, if, I, if I spend 24 hours or 72 hours fasting and nobody knows it, what do I get out of it? If God doesn't exist. Now, here's the thing. If God exists, then I get a lot out of it. Because it's between me and God. But, see, it requires faith to do that. And see, a lot of the things that we do under the guise of church and under the guise of spirituality, we're really not doing it out of faith. We're just doing it because people see us do it. But see, nobody sees. See, you don't know how much time Pastor Jimenez spent this morning praying. You don't know how much time Pastor Jimenez uh, spends fasting. You don't know how much time uh, people spend. See, this is the most important thing. When you get alone with God, that's when you develop 
true Christianity. By the way, when you start getting alone with God, that's when you're actually beginning to develop real Christianity. But God says it is when you do it in secret. So you say, how, how, what is the correct way of doing things secretly, without sounding a trumpet, without letting people know? If you're going to help a brother out, don't go around telling everybody else you helped him. You, you know, you go around telling everybody in church, oh, you know, I, I helped brother so-and-so. I gave him 99 cents and he went to Wendy's over there. <laughs> you know, it, it ought to be done. You say, how do you do it correctly? In secret. Between you and God. Because that's the most important relationship anyway. Now go back to Matthew chapter 6. Look at verse 2. Remember, I told you, we're just looking at these verses. We're just going to get a few truths out of it and we're going to go home. Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 2. So we said, number one, why you do something is as important as what you do. Number two, how to do things correctly is to do them secretly, if at all possible. Number three, if you do things for the wrong reason, you got to get this, you lose your reward. Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the street, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, look what it says, they have their reward. You see that? So if you give an alms to someone and you go around telling people, look, that's the reward you got, the fact that people know about it. You know, the Bible says that when you help people and and, and you give financially, God says, you know, He can bless you, He can give to you. He says if you give sparingly, He'll give you sparingly. He says if you give abundantly, He'll give you abundantly. But here's what you got to understand. The moment you do it to be seen of men, that's your reward right there. You're seen of men. Matthew 6, 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, look what it says, they have their reward. So the moment you pray in a way, and by the way, we're using alms and prayer and fasting, but anything you do for God, if you really do it to be seen of people, as soon as you get that, you know, people know how spiritual I am. That's your reward right there, that's all you're getting for Look at verse 16. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, look what he says, they have their reward. If you do things for the wrong reason, you will, root, you will lose your reward. That What you're going to get out of that is that little, you know, just hit to your pride there, or your arrogance, that oh, pe- people know how spiritual I am. Look, if I, you know, I'll be honest with you, if I'm going to spend 24 hours fasting, I want to get a little more out of it than just the fact that you know about it. I mean, you understand that? I'm going to spend it, if I'm going to get up at 5 in the morning and pray for an hour, I want to get a little more of, a, of it than, than just the fact that, you know, my, my wife saw me or something. You know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna spend time, you know, if I'm gonna give finances to someone and help them financially, I want God to bless me because of it. But the moment you do it to be seen of men, you lose your reward. And by the way, it's not wrong for other people to praise you, but it is wrong for you to praise yourself. You know, let another man praise thee and not thine own lips, is what the book of Proverbs says. You know, I mean there's nothing wrong with, you know, tonight just talking, you know, saying like, man, look at this beautiful platform. You know, my dad built this platform and spent a lot. There's nothing wrong with me saying that. I'm not taking his reward because he didn't, he didn't do that to be seen in men. You know, I, I'm just saying, praise the Lord. Look at this. Isn't this great? Do you understand that? You know? 
Now, if I were to tell you that I helped him a little bit, then I'd lose my reward. Does that make sense? That's why I'm not going to tell you that. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. I, I helped him a tiny bit, okay? I can lose that reward. That's fine. No, he did He did all the work, really. He, but, but here's the thing. You see, see how that works? I, I, I just did that as an example. All right? No, no, no. But here's what you got to understand, okay? The moment you do... See, here's what Jesus is dealing with. The heart. But, but I want you to get one more thing. Okay, go back to Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 4. Actually, look at verse 3, so you get it in its context. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret. Now notice this. When you do it in secret, notice what he says. And thy Father, which seeth in secret himself, now notice this word, shall. You see that word shall there? Himself. It doesn't say he might. It doesn't say he hopefully. It says himself shall reward thee openly. Look at verse number 6. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 6. We're almost done. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret... And thy father which seeth in secret, look what it says, shall reward thee openly. Look at verse number 18. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 18. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret, look what it says again, shall reward thee openly. You know what this teaches me? It's not wrong to expect a reward. I like I like to get around extra spiritual people. And they're like, I don't I don't need any crowns in heaven. I just do it because I love Jesus. Look, I don't know about you, but I want a crown in heaven. I mean if, if serving Jesus is just for the you know just you know these ultra spiritual people, let me tell you something. God is not a communist, okay? Jesus Christ is not a communist. Jesus Christ is not a socialist. This is not, you know, no child left behind where everybody just goes to heaven and everybody's equal. The Bible says that the people that put in the time and put in the effort and put in the work, God says, I shall reward thee openly. He says he's gonna reward you. And I'm going to tell you, go, go back to Matthew chapter 5. We talked about this last week, but let me show it to you again. Matthew chapter 5, look at verse number 19. Matthew 5, 19. Matthew 5, 19, the Bible says, Whosoever shall break one of these least commandments, and shall teach men so, look what it says, He shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. You know what that tells me? Is that in heaven, there's going to be a ranking system. There's going to be great, there's going to be least. And you know what it usually is? The people that try to be great on earth are going to be least in heaven. You know, you, you drove a nice car, and you had a nice house, and you skipped church so you can, you know, make all your money, and you didn't win a soul to Christ, you can make all your money, but in heaven, you're going to be Mr. and Mrs. Least, is what the Bible says. But people that just take their lives and say, you know what, nuts to this world, nuts to finances, who cares if I drive a 10-year-old car, I'm going to spend my days winning souls, loving people, praying, fasting, uh, helping, you know, to, to, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm going to go to work and make a lot of money so I can finance a church, so I can finance a mission. Hey, those people, they're going to get to heaven and God's going to say, look at this person, he was great. Let me give him his reward. 
You gotta understand, you know, our, our society, we, we watch too much Sesame Street and we think that God is just like this communist and everybody's gonna get to heaven and everybody's on the same. Look, I, I'm gonna tell you, I, I'll be honest with you, preparing three sermons a week, spending 20 hours of soul winning every week, you know, dealing with, the, with, the, with, with ministry and all these things, there better be rewards in heaven. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be a smo like some of the people, some of the Christians here. You say, what's a smo? A Sunday morning only. <laughs> I mean, if it's the same thing, why not just go to church Sunday morning, check it off, and, and just walk out? I'm, I'm so great. Why? Because I went to church on Sunday morning. <laughs> no. Look, I want to I wanna get rewarded by God. And that's a scriptural concept. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Just real quickly. We're almost done. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. God wants to reward you. And by the way, God wants to reward you. God wants to give you gifts. God wants to pay you. Look, God wants to pay you for the work you do. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, look at verse 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8. 1 Corinthians 3, 8. Now he that planted... And he that watereth are one. Now here's the thing, okay? And I want you to understand this. What work you do does not matter. You understand that? You know that in heaven, there's going to be some pastor's wives that get more rewards than pastors. Because I'll be honest with you, the average pastor wife, pastor's wife works harder than the average pastor. And there's going to be some, some, what we like to call lay people, that win more souls than a lot of preachers do. So see, what work you do and what title you have doesn't matter. What matters is that you work. Are you there in 1 Corinthians? Look at verse 3. Look, chapter 3, verse 8. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. Say, my job is to plant. My job is to water. He says, it's the same thing. As long as you're doing something, it's fine. Now look what it says. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Do you see that? You say, do we get to heaven by our works? No, but you get rewarded in heaven by your works. You say, well, Pastor Menes, I'm saved by grace. Praise the Lord. But you're not rewarded by grace. You're rewarded by works. You're rewarded according to his own labor. Look at verse 9. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Go to Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. Verse number 12. Revelation chapter 22. Verse 12. Revelation 22. Last book in the New Testament. Revelation chapter 22. Look at verse 12. You say, well, I'm not, you know, I've literally heard Christians say this. I'm just happy to be saved. I don't need to do any of this other stuff. I don't need to go soul winning. You know, Jesus can keep his rewards. I'm just glad to be saved. You're an idiot. Okay? And not only that, Jesus Christ is not going to be very happy with you. You know why? Revelation 22, look at verse 12. Revelation 22, 12. The Bible says, and behold, I come quickly. Look what Jesus says. And my reward is with me. Do you know that Jesus wants to reward you? And when you don't serve Him, you're stealing from Him the ability to be able to reward you. You know why? Because the Bible is very clear. When you get that crown in heaven, guess what you're going to do with it? You're just going to give it back to Him. When, when He says, look, you did all this work for me, and I want to reward you with this crown, or with these jewels, or with this mansion, you're just going to, get, you're just going to say, Jesus, I did it for you, and, I'm going to get, and you're going to give it back to Him. That's what the Bible says. But you know, the guy, the guy who says, well, I'm just happy to go to heaven. I don't need rewards. I'm ultra spiritual. Guess what? You're not going to have anything to give back to Jesus. 
And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his, look what it says, as his work shall be. God expects you to work. God expects you to serve. You say, well, I can't pastor. Look, it doesn't matter who's planting. It doesn't matter who's watering. It is God who gives the increase. It doesn't matter what you're doing, as long as you're doing something for Jesus Christ. Go back to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. It's not wrong to expect a reward from your Heavenly Father. In fact, God wants to give you a reward. God wants to bless you. But see, when you make your service public... And, and it's not that we need to hide, you know. Some of you are going to show up for soul winning. Yeah, I can imagine it now. Some of you are going to show up for soul winning on Saturday morning wearing a mask. <laughs> I don't want anybody to see me. You know, it's not, it's not that you need to just like, you know, people say like, well, you know, it's wrong to take an offering at church. Look, the, the point is this. Why are you doing it? If you're doing it to be seen of man, you're not going to get a reward for it. Just let it go. Okay. What's the problem? Go back to Matthew chapter 6. We're, we're almost done. I know, I've said that like four times. But this time I mean it. We are almost done. Matthew chapter 6. Look at verse number 2. Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. Okay, what's the problem? Here's the problem. Notice this. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee. Notice this phrase. As the hypocrites. You see that word hypocrites? As the hypocrites do. Okay? Skip down to verse 5. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. You see that? As the hypocrites are. Go, to, go down to verse 16. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites. Do you see that? The problem is hypocrisy. That's what Jesus is dealing with. The problem is, is doing something for an ulterior, uh, ulterior motive. You're not really doing it because you love God. You're just doing it because you want to be seen of man. Okay, go to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. It's interesting, the book of Matthew, if you look at the word hypocrite, it comes up like, I mean, I think it's over 20 times in the book of Matthew. It doesn't come up that much in Mark, Luke, and John. It seems like Matthew is the, 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 the gospel that Jesus just deals with this issue of hypocrisy. Matthew chapter 15, look at verse 7. You say, what's the problem with hypocrisy? Because the problem is hypocrisy, right? Did we see that? Hypocrites, hypocrites, hypocrites. You keep saying that. What is the problem? If the problem is hypocrisy, then you need to understand this. Hypocrisy is a heart problem. And it was the same thing in Matthew chapter 5. Remember, what was the issue? The heart. Why do you keep the law? If you keep it because you think you're under the law, then you're, you're just going to die and go to hell. But if you keep it because you love God, if ye love me, keep my commandments, is what the Bible says. Matthew 15, look at verse 7. Matthew 15, verse 7. Look at Jesus here. I love, I love reading the sermons of Jesus because it just shatters the view of Jesus that people have. Because what does the average person think of Jesus? They think he's some long-haired hippie walking around in a robe. They think he's effeminate. I mean, you look at these, look at these people that play Jesus in all these like movies and films. I mean, the guys look like this effeminate little queer. Okay, let me tell you something. Jesus looked like a man. Jesus was a carpenter. Jesus had short hair. Okay, Jesus had a beard. Jesus was not just this, you know, this little, just wimpy little person on, you know. They, you know, you see a crucifix. You see like a tiny little speck of blood just coming down. Look, Jesus was a tough man and he was beaten. I mean, he endured a lot. And when he preaches, look what is, look at Matthew fifteen seven. Ye hypocrites. 
Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you saying? I mean, does this sound like just some wimpy guy? He's preaching hard. The people, look what he says. This, this is Jesus preaching. This people draw not unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips. But here's the problem. Their heart is far from me. Why? Because they were hypocrites. See, being a hypocrite is a heart problem. And that's the problem with most Christians. They, they talk a good game. They, they, you know, they draw near with their mouth and they honor Him with their lips, but in their heart, they're so far away from God, it's not even funny. You say, what's the problem? It's hypocrisy. What's the problem with hypocrisy? It's a heart problem. Go, back, go to Matthew 23. Matthew 23. Let me just deal with, uh, just, uh, we're going to look at two, two passages. Matthew 23, 1 Samuel 16, okay? And then we are actually done. Matthew 23 and 1 Samuel 16, okay? Let me just deal, because I, I, I got to deal with this, because someone's going to, someone's going to be confused, okay? I, I know, I, 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 I'm a young pastor, but I've pastored long enough to know how people's minds work. I've preached sermons like this before, and this is the response I get from people. Well, I don't want to be a hypocrite for, you know, going soul winning, so I'm just going to stop going soul winning. <laughs> I don't want to be a hypocrite when I give my alms, so I'm just going to stop giving alms. Pastor, I don't want to be a hypocrite for tithing, so I'm just going to stop tithing. Literally, that's how people respond. Some of you are thinking that right now. You're thinking, oh man, he's talking about me. I'm exactly talking about you. Because that is the wrong attitude. Okay, are you there in Matthew 23? Look at verse 23. How did Pastor Noah sing in that? I'm a prophet. <laughs> Matthew 23. Look at verse 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Look what he says. Hypocrites. Now notice what he says. For ye pay tithe of mint and anise. And by the way, people like to say, the New Testament doesn't teach tithing. I think Jesus just taught tithing right there. For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. Now, here's what you understand. You know what those things are? Those are, those are like... like uh, Ah, good night. I can't think of the word now. They're spices. Okay, they're just tiny little amounts. He says, you are so, you are following the law so well, you tithe off of a little spice and someone gets you. Now that's what's done in the outwardly. But notice what he says. And have omitted the weightier matters of the law. You know that there are some parts of the law that are more important than others? There are weightier matters of the law. What are those? Judgment. Mercy. Faith. You know what those are? Those are things in your heart. Now, now notice what Jesus says though. These, talking about the tithing, ought ye to have done. Now people like to take this verse and say, see Jesus teaching here that you're not supposed to tithe because they were tithing hypocrisy. That's not what he's teaching. He says you should have tithed from the mint and the anise and the cumin. He said, he said these ought ye to have done and not to leave the others undone. You see that? So he's not saying, you tithe, but omitted the weightier matters of the law of judgment and mercy and faith. So stop tithing because you're doing a hypocrisy. He's saying, look, you should have tithed, but get your heart right too. That's what he's saying. He's not saying, you know, if you're not doing it right from the heart, then stop doing it. He says, keep doing it and get your heart right. He said, keep doing it and get right with God. He said, keep tithing off the mint and off the anise. And he says, while you're doing it, oh, go ahead and start observing the judgment and the mercy and the faith. These are ye to have done, and not to leave the others undone. I mean, could it be more clear than that? Jesus is not teaching, stop doing things because your heart's wrong. He says, get your heart right and keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. Go to 1 Samuel 16. First Samuel, we're done right here. 1 Samuel 16. 
Pastor, I'm going to stop winning souls because I don't want to be a hypocrite. No, keep winning souls. Just get right with God. See, I, I like how people, their, their option is always to stop doing something. Why, why is the option not get right with God? Why is the option not get alone with God in a prayer closet somewhere and pray to God and confess your sins and get your heart right? That seems to never be the option. Pastor, I'm just, I, need, I need to get a divorce. It's just, un, un, I, I can't deal with it. Why don't you just get right with God? Pastor, I get, you know, I, 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 I like to just tell people from, you know, I've got this situation at work and I, I'm just going to have to uh, stop missing, you know, I can't go to church anymore because my job, you know, and I just this job. Why don't you just get right with God? Why don't you just admit that there's a problem with your heart and instead of doing something because, you know, you know, I'm going to stop doing it because I don't want to be a hypocrite. No, just get your heart right and keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's what Jesus teaches. 1 Samuel 16, look at verse 7. We're done. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7 in the Old Testament. Okay, Jesus is teaching to fix your heart. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, I don't have time to develop the context here. Samuel is looking for a king. He's looking for David, but he doesn't know it. He thinks it's all these, the brothers of David, because they're all tall and strong and good looking. But look what it says, Matthew 16, verse 7. But the Lord said unto, them, unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature. Praise God, David was short. Because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. See, man, see you can fool man, but you can't fool God. You say, I, I, can, I can do all these things. I've got, I got everybody in the church fooled. You know who you don't have fooled? Jesus Christ. So should I stop doing it? No, get your heart right and just keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for our church, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to go through the Bible study. Just going through the word again, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, gathering truth from your Bible. Lord, I pray that you would bless us, Lord. Help us to get busy to serve you. And if there's a problem with our hearts... Help us to stay busy serving you and get our hearts right with you. Lord, help us to earn rewards in heaven. Help us to labor together with you. That's what you want. You want us to labor with you. Father, I pray you'd help our church to mature spiritually. Father, help us, Lord, to, to not lose our rewards because we glory in the things we're doing. Help us to glory in God. Anything that we accomplish, help, help the glory to go to you. Help us to have a humble spirit, to love you, Lord. Father, I pray you'd help our hearts to be right with you. Not to quit because our hearts are wrong, but to keep going and get our hearts right in the process. Father, we love you. In your precious name I pray. Amen.